Because 3 p.m. was in 2015. Everybody knows it was 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Eastern Standard Time was the time to post. You hear that? That's the voice of a social media maven talking about the power of posting. It's episode seven of our season of entrepreneurship, and we're gonna be talking to a pair of sisters that launched an e-commerce brand that just keeps growing. Let's do this. Hey, Maria, we're doing this again? Yes, I love it. Uh, How are you doing? You look great. I had to do my hair because you can see me, which is a little different, but I'm getting used to it now. If this is the second time talking to you live, and this is so much better. It's way more natural and there's facial expressions. I can tell when you're laughing at me, even if you mute. This is really great. I love it too. Today, we're going to meet Chioma and Uchenna, two sisters from Brooklyn who co-founded an e-commerce shop called CeCe's Closet. It specializes in fashion, apparel, jewelry, and beauty products that are sourced and manufactured in Africa. Their parents immigrated from Nigeria, and they've been wearing traditional clothing their whole life, constantly getting complimented for their look until one day they decided to make a business out of it. How did they do it? What's up with the 3 p.m. posting? Why am I still talking when they can tell us directly? Chioma and Uchenna, the mic is yours. Hi, I'm Chioma. I'm co-founder and CEO of CC's Closet NYC. And hi, I'm Uchenna and co-founder and creative director of CC's Closet. So um, with CeCe's Closet, we started it really as um, a way for us to both give back um, to our community in Nigeria and then also create beautiful products from unexpected places. So one of the key things that happened to me was when I went, um, after I graduated from college, I went back to Nigeria for the first time in 10 years. And while I was there, I was shopping in a craft market and I found these gorgeous clutches that I wanted to wear for my graduation party. And so I got one for myself. I love my sister. So I got her one too. And I got one for my mom and we brought them back. And I was like, we're wearing this to my graduation party. It's just part of the fit. And um, I got so many compliments from them. So many people loved it. And they were like, oh, where did you get this from? And I was like, oh, I just found it in this like small market in Nigeria. And they were like, oh, I didn't expect it to be so well made. I didn't expect it to be so beautiful. Like, because um, when you think of Africa, you don't necessarily always think of quality products. And I was like, and it was funny because I too was surprised by that. And I didn't even realize it until someone vocalized it for me that that was an assumption that I was making as well. And so when all my friends were showing interest in this product, I was like, oh, this is maybe something that I could sell because my sister and I had both wanted to be entrepreneurs before and wanted to get into entrepreneurship. And we just didn't quite know what we wanted to do yet. So I was like, hey, maybe this could work. So um, we started CC's Closet there with bags and then we expanded into head wraps, clothing. We've most recently expanded into um, body um, and personal care, which has been taking off really well for us. And each step of the way, we've been able to create products that our customers absolutely love that make them feel beautiful and seen, while also being able to support communities that we really care about in Nigeria, Brooklyn, and Ghana. We graduated two years apart. Mm -hmm. So I graduated in 2013. And I was in 2015 couple months after I graduated um, and right just before we launched our website, like maybe a month after I started my job too. So it was, um, it was really quite the experience. And um, it was, it was really, really fun because we were able to build something together. And I think my sister is my best friend. I like her a lot. Um, <laughs> and I know not everyone can say that. Um, so it was really great to be able to build something with her. And because I trust her so much, it was easy. It was um, easier to balance that and our full-time jobs because we had that trust in each other. I think for me, it was it was an experiment in terms of like, I wanted yeah. to see if we could do something like this, because I think like, I, I've also read a lot about entrepreneurship, a lot of people's like first ventures fail and all that stuff. So I was just like, 
oh, like, okay, like this is, this is where I get my feet wet. This is where I like, I learned how to do something. I learned how to build community. I learned how to connect with customers. I learned how to make it happen. So like, if this doesn't work out, it's okay. Like this will be the idea that gets me the next idea. Um, and if it does work out great, cause like, all right, first time to charm, why not? I feel like for me, I just sort of like immediately always kind of like took it seriously and took myself a little bit seriously. Um, and just like starting it out. Like I remember like, I got like the brand design together. Like I put together like the logo. I stayed up all night, always like perfecting and like reading, um, and doing research on like tweaking like the website. I think what our personal experience or Chilma's personal experience with wearing the bags is that she actually discovered a problem that she didn't know existed prior to that experience. And what the problem was that it was hard to get high quality made in Africa goods shipped to you quickly right so a lot of times like you can get stuff that's like made in africa but maybe it's not of a certain standard and if you do sometimes people are ordering directly like from the continent and like shipping is quite expensive right but um with us we sort of take care of a lot of the logistics we use our creativity to come up with all of our designs we have strict quality control protocols that we follow before we even like bring things to the US. And then once it's in the US, it goes through another round of quality control and then it finally lands to you. So I think because of her experience, we're able to recognize the problem and then come up with a viable solution. So I think like the idea definitely came before the amazing logistics. I think one of the great things about Uchana is that she's extremely organized and extremely data, data focused. So it becomes, it's very helpful when trying to build an infrastructure around an idea. So thank you. Um, But in terms of the conversation after, I've gotten so many compliments and people saying like, oh, I would love a bag like this. Like, this is so cute. Like, where did you get it? And I was like, oh, like, I can tell you the market to go to. I can tell you my guy. But they're like, but you can also buy like this like $1,500 plane ticket to get there. Um, So so when I realized that that was like not a viable solution for most people, especially like if you don't have family to visit in Nigeria and if you're going to spend $1,500, I doubt you only want to stay there to buy a purse. Um, so we saw that there was an issue there and we knew that there was a market for it because like, I think both, um, myself and my sister have always been fairly fashionable people. Um, I think Chen has been a style icon since she was like 14, um, <laughs> in boarding school. That's just what it is. So we've been known for our style. I've had girls in college, like, stop me be like, you know, like you're, you inspire me every day to just like be more bold with my fashion. I'm just like, okay, this is kind of a weird conversation, but I appreciate the compliment. Thank you. So it's something that we had been known for. So we knew that we like, if we thought it looked good and our friends were um, asking us about it, then there was definitely a viable market there. So our first, we started out small, which I think it's okay to do. And I think a lot of people are afraid to, like they think they have to start by buying $10,000 worth of inventory Mm -hmm. and then try and flip that. But we started out, I think our first batch of inventory maybe cost us like $300. And um, we had our aunt who was coming to visit the States in like a couple of weeks. Like we had her put it in a suitcase for us. We just paid for the suitcase, paid for the goods and brought it over. So I called up my cousin who um, who was able to get to the um, get to the specific um, vendor slash manufacturer because he also handmade them, get to his location. And we were able to choose our first ones. So that's how we got the first bag. And then from there, once Uchenna got involved with the design process and she was designing our bags and stuff as well, we had to find someone who could actually like make it to the quality that we needed and to her specifications because Uchenna is extremely particular. I'm particular too, but she's more particular than I am. 
when it comes to the design when it comes to she's more particular than i am so we had to so we had to create partnerships that could work with people who understood our level of quality expectation and could meet that yes we had to find partners who could meet those standards and understood the importance of them because i think sometimes what you can find is especially when you're working internationally just the standard of the quality expectations are just, are just different between like the U.S. and a lot of different places in the world. And then I think Uchen and I also just like expect things to be quite nice. Um, so we also have that high standard. So we had to find people who also valued that to work with us um, to create our products. Like I think all of this goes to say is that we started with what we had, right? So like um, with everything that it took to like build our website on Shopify, like Shopify is a great platform to build your website with. Uchen just like Googled a bunch of stuff figured out how to use Shopify and then we put together and put the together the website and like I think in like a weekend or like well like we kept changing it but she was able to do it fairly quickly and very well because I think right off the bat we had a website that people felt that they could trust and purchase from because when we had our first stranger sales a woman in Florida and I was just like do you know anyone I like texted Chen I was like you know anyone in Florida because she just bought a bag for like $160 on the internet from us and I was just like I don't know her name and she's like I don't know her name and I was like our first stranger sale oh my god so um we were so so excited and like yes we love that our friends were the first ones to support us like that was amazing but when like a complete stranger who doesn't know you doesn't know if they trust you will purchase a 160 dollars item from you on the internet it's pretty exciting so in a month we're going to be on a billboard with shopify um because they're going to have a e-commerce hub in manhattan so there's going to be a billboard on, in soho on what's, what's the what's the address again is it worcester and graham yeah, I think so. Worcester and Graham. It's going to have me and Uchenna's beautiful faces on it. <laughs> um, I'm making a TikTok video about it. I'm making a video about it. I'm going to cry in front of my mama about it. There's going to be a lot going on about this. Um, but yeah, so like we've had so many really cool opportunities because we've been persistent and really protective of building our brand and making sure that it's something that we can be proud of. And because of that, we've had some some really cool people partner with us. Like last fall, last winter, we were actually in a national commercial on own with with Chain Moisture, which was such a cool opportunity for us. Um, and we've been able to just really continue to to grow CCs and grow our community and have really really have people fall in love with our brand and fall back in love with themselves, which is what we really want for um, our CCs. Girl, our sister's girl is confident. She's bold. She's beautiful. She loves herself, and that's what we want them to show. Um, that's what we want them to feel from our brand. So we've been able to really build that. That's amazing. Yeah. She wants to be a billion dollar baby. Okay, she wants to be a billion dollar baby. That's what CC wants to be when she grows up. As we continue to figure out our online strategies, and we continue to grow, and also figure out product mix that works in terms of like being able to maximize our reach with customers um, and continue to have the customers because we've been able to enjoy really high customer retention. So we've had customers who have ordered from us, like we've had multiple, we have multiple customers that have ordered from us over a hundred times. So it's like, um, so the retention is there. So we've been able to create products that people really care about and really passionate about. And so for us, it's about growing that base of people who care and are passionate about things that CC's closet can provide for them. So, um, as we do that, as we move towards being a billion dollar baby, um, we really just are trying to make sure that we keep the things that have made us who we are now there while we're continuing to appeal and grow um, our market base. There is something that I find fascinating on these stories that we're doing in this podcast. And it resonates a lot to me because from working on product development for so many years, a lot of companies get to like their moment where they are just making products 
for making products, right? They have a really good distribution line. They killed it with maybe their first five products, right? And then they are just kind of like populating their portfolio with new products that might not be as important as needed, as good, or, you know, it's just kind of like reusing the group of people that you have working on it, the factories, the 3PLs, whatever, you know, system you already have. What's beautiful about these entrepreneurs is that they start from a problem that has no solution, right? In most of the cases is I want to have you know, this product, but I can't see in the market anything that exists. So these people that ha don't have the background, don't know how to do it, right? They find this to be such a good product that they decide to venture and do it. And that's how all products should be made. We shouldn't be making products just for making products. It's what's the, the problem that you're solving, right? What's the pain point that you are covering with this product? And they work hard to really meet that need and not just throw a product to make money, right? Which starts a little bit with what we were talking, like just selling a product without you putting a value to it, right? So I remember uh, these ladies, when they were talking, they were saying it was very hard for people to get this stuff from Nigeria. You have to pay a very expensive ticket. You have to know where to go, what market, know inside the market, which of the vendors really have the good quality stuff, right? So there is a lot, you know, to be done for that product to be here. And that's a pain point that they were able to meet with their company. And that's why it became successful. And that's the key to success. When people say, how did you make a successful product? Well, what are you solving for, right? What are you doing that is different? And I think every person that we have interviewed is going to be so successful, honestly. I, I completely agree. I think that there isn't a, it's not a, you know, it's not a mistake that so many of the the businesses or the business owners, creators, entrepreneurs that we've talked to have found successes. Like the fact we've talked to three uh, people that have started 3PLs, like that's a staggering percentage. And it's it's probably not representative of those percentages as a whole, but it's not surprising because when you see problems, when average people see problems, big problems, average problems, small problems, we just kind of shrug and we say, hmm, that stinks. I'm going to find my path of least resistance and work around that and find a different solution. All of these people could not do that. They could not put it down. They needed to find a solution. They weren't going out to make a business. None of them, Nick and his his buddies didn't sit down and say, okay, we have COVID now, let's start a business. That's not what happened. It just kind of happened. You know, CC's closet didn't come out of let's find a business and and let's let's make millions of dollars. That's it just happened that way because they were meeting needs. Every one of these conversations are business owners that are not skirting around problems, that are not finding easy way outs. They're hitting problems head on. And, and making it personal. That's why I love these conversations. And that's why I could do this literally every single day is because I'm not hearing any excuses. Like in my personal life, at least, you know, I could tell you not every one person in my family and my friend circle is hitting problems head on. I, I can assure you, Maria, not every one of your problems you're hitting head on. And I, I can say for myself, I know I'm not, but these people are making it their life's work and losing, I'm sure, losing a lot of sleep and, you know, making a lot of personal sacrifices financially, emotionally, physically, everything to make this happen. Like, these are special people. 
These sisters are doing way more than building a successful e-commerce business. They're building a brand that is connected to a growing audience. That's extremely hard to do, and they figured it out. I couldn't wait to chat with them about it and how they did it. So my, my first question um, to you ladies is, let's start with the billboard. So I heard that there was a billboard and you were featured in basically an ad campaign in Manhattan. Oh, in Soho, we did like a, it's like a poster. They called it a wild posting. So it was, I'm going to call it a billboard because it was taller than me and I'm about six feet tall. So I feel really good about that. It was a wild <laughs> posting for Shopify. We did a collaboration with them and they were celebrating New York-based small businesses. And they created an entrepreneurship center in Soho in Manhattan. That was about maybe a block or two away from where they had it posted. And it was such a cool opportunity for us because one, like it was two of us beautiful black women on the poster. They pulled a quote that we said about women in entrepreneurship, which was really awesome. And it was just really amazing opportunity to celebrate our business and celebrate having survived a panoramic. That's amazing. I have to say, so um, I live in Rhode Island, which isn't far from New York. And my last job, we had a an office on Fifth Avenue. So I was in the city quite a bit. And it's really hard to not walk around the city at all and see the billboards or any of the big signs. Even like, like you said, if it's bigger than you, it's a billboard. A lot of the signs and just on like on a regular storefront are huge and bigger than me. It's hard to not look at those and sort of like imagine yourselves like being there. Like, I wonder what's that like? I wonder what it was like for the model and now to see their face. What was that like for you to do? Like, I'm sure you, you went to go see it, right? You saw yourselves. Yes. Yes. Yes, we did. So I had, um, uh, my assistant helped videotape us seeing it for the first time. And when I got there, I was like so emotional for two reasons. First reason is because it is New York. So the uh, people who do the guerrilla marketing, they got to it first. And my sister had to pull down some posters that people had put that had covered up part of our poster. She was just like, I didn't want you to see that when you saw it for the first time, which is like, I appreciated so much. But second, it was just amazing to just like see our faces like that big, see our names in bold print, see our business name in bold print, and see it next to a brand that we love so much, Shopify. So it was just like, it was such a surreal experience. Um, and I did a couple TikTok videos on it because I was really that excited. <laughs> and our, our, our audience and our community, both on like TikTok and Instagram, were so excited. So it was just like such a beautiful experience. That is so cool. I mean... It was nice of you to share that space with like that unknown company. What did you call it? Shopa, <laughs> Shopify? <laughs> Never heard of it. It's really so weird. Canada, like just doing Canadian things. Yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> so cool. Um, was that your plan? Like, did you start this company and be like, you know what? Like one day we're going to be on a billboard. That is a good question. I don't think I ever thought of me personally being on a billboard. I would like my business on a billboard or just like um, a model and my stuff and like our products on a billboard, but never really thought of like me myself on a billboard. What about you, Chenny? I know eventually I was destined for stardom. (laughs) (laughs) There we go. (laughs) You got to dream bigger. Those are the dreams I'm talking about. I think my next goal is to have a billboard in downtown Brooklyn. And then my ultimate goal is a billboard in Times Square. I love that. Keep reaching for that. You're going to, I'm sure you're going to be there and I want to see it. Make sure we post it on TikTok because I want to see it. 
for sure. <laughs> so I'm going to switch gears for a little bit and talk about that company, the one I've never heard of, uh, Shopify. <laughs> <laughs> that small little startup. Why Shopify? How did you get connected with them? Like, is it just like, that's where your store is? What is there a bigger story there? Like, what's going on with that? You don't have to tell this story because it's all because of Uchenna, really. Well, I think about four years ago, they reached out to us via email to have a conversation about our shipping experience. And I was like, okay, no problem. I would love to talk to you about my shipping. And um, so this person called me up and we started talking about like shipping started talking about life as an entrepreneur, started shopping and um, talking to us about life in New York. And it was just a really natural, great, copacetic um, conversation. And next thing you know, they were like, I really enjoyed the conversation. Would you like to film a video with Shopify about shipping? And I'm like, hell yeah. <laughs> like, no, thanks, pass. I don't want to do that. Yeah, they brought us on set. Um, they had makeup for us and wardrobe and whatnot. And we were able to share our story in regards to shipping. From there, after that, we had a dinner with like the Shopify team. Oh, wow. Where we spoke more in depth about their products and <laughs> female rap. <laughs> Is there any other kind? <laughs> Oh, right? That's, that's a good point. But as a New Yorker, you know, I have my biases. There's some male rappers that I really, really love and appreciate. So, yeah, we had a great passion discussion about that over delicious Italian food. So I think from there, they just kind of kept in touch. And, you know, we did other promotional um, content, like talking about how, like, Shopify supports as a Black-owned business, talking about how Shopify supports women. We also got like early access to their New York space for entrepreneurs and stuff like that. And they also flew us out to their headquarters. Ottawa, Canada. Yeah, to speak more about shipping (laughs) with the Shopify team. And that was really, really cool. Even though it was like below zero degree weather, everyone was just super friendly and nice. So I couldn't help but just smile like the entire time that I was there because I really appreciated getting to know them and sharing my story. So I want to, um, thank you for sharing that. I want to switch gears a little bit and I want to talk about social media. Yeah. Social media is like the, you know, it's the necessary evil. That's the best way to put it. It's so funny because I honestly, it's so true. I really, truly, deeply feel that way about Facebook and Instagram right now. TikTok, I'm still having fun with it. So TikTok is also, um, it's it's too much of a distraction sometimes, but it it is fun. (laughs) It can be. (laughs) It definitely can be. So I think you answered my question, but I'll let you elaborate on that a little bit more. What's your most valuable channel right now? I know you say you have fun on TikTok still, but across all channels, like what's the most valuable to you, whether that's, you know, to you personally or, or to the business? Okay. Oh, that's, that's really good. I would say to me personally, TikTok, um, to the business, also TikTok. Cause I think um, what we're finding right now is that like with Facebook trying to like squeeze every penny that they can out Mm -hmm. of small businesses. 
and kind of turn us upside down and shake out the loose change of our pockets um, <laughs> and making it very difficult for people who have decided to follow us to follow us to actually see our stuff um we're finding that like the algorithm on tiktok just becomes that much more attractive um and we of course like we've spent so much time building our facebook and instagram audiences that we of course continue to post there and engage with that audience because we do have a great community there um and when they get to see us it's awesome but a lot of the time they're not and so with tiktok it's just it's been a lot easier to um build a community quickly build an engaged community quickly um and also build an audience for our products as well so right now tiktok is is winning on all fronts that's awesome thanks for sharing that so to follow up on that um how frequently are you posting so on um tiktok I post at least once a day. The most I've posted probably five times a day. A lot of the times, if I'm posting multiple, it's because I'm responding to comments because I love the video response feature. But um, one to three times a day is our standard for TikTok. One to three. Wow. Yeah, one to three times a day. But with TikTok, it doesn't have to all be like, you don't have to create like a new video, like film a new video every time you want to post. A lot of what I've done is like, I've filmed some staple scenes that I need in terms of um, what I want our audience to be able to see and interact with the specific products. And then um, what I'll usually change is like the voiceover and I'll film a new, I'll like record a new voiceover for a video um, when the time comes so that I can answer a specific question about a product or address like a concern that a customer or a potential customer has. So it doesn't have to be a new video every time. You can remix clips all the time. And I do that all the time. And I've had clips that like I filmed six, seven months ago that still go viral. Um, so, which is great. And then also participating in like the cute little trends because these Gen Zers are having so much fun on the internet. So I was like, let's have so much fun. fun. <laughs> um, so, and like, so with trend posts, I'll usually try to do at least one trend a day. Um, in addition to like informational posts, educational posts about our products and some storytelling posts about our business. Okay. So now I need the tea. Okay. Mm-hmm. How much time are you spending doing those fun posts? The more trendy ones, like how, how much is really going into it? A filming a trendy post like takes me like 15 minutes or less because, well, okay. It depends on what we're putting into it. Like if we're including the time, cause usually if I'm filming a trendy post, it's going to have my face in it. So I will do my makeup and I will look cute. And I'll do a really simple. But we don't count that. Really simple on TikTok. Um, so, okay, so if we're not counting that, maybe it takes me like 15 minutes because a lot of times the voiceovers and you want to make sure that you got to match, your lips got to match or people will come for mm-hmm. you or your video will not go viral. And people have come for me in the past when I was very early on TikTok back in 2020 when I was just starting out and I was a youngin on TikTok and I couldn't quite get the, my lips to match the words. <laughs> I think it's a comment. get canceled. You better, better cut it out. But now I've gotten some great hacks, a great hack in case anyone does want to try it. What I usually do is I will film it on my camera instead of in TikTok. Because sometimes when you film in TikTok and you try to match the words to your lips, sometimes TikTok itself will have a delay and it will mess it up. Because mm. I was thinking, I definitely got this right. And it made sense when I was saying it. So why doesn't it match? It was because TikTok was messing up. So I film it outside of TikTok and I'll have it playing on my laptop or something so I can match my words to what's playing on my laptop. And then I'll pull the sound from TikTok and then I'll match it on the video first an in shot and then I upload that to TikTok and then I'm perfect. I'm golden. Maybe that's what I'm doing wrong. <laughs> no, I had to learn that the hard way because I would try and film it in TikTok and I'm like, why am I like just slightly delayed? Like what is going on? Like I definitely when I was filming it, I felt really good about this. Okay, so then that's how I can fix 
the lips? How do I make it so I can do the choreography? What's your hack for that? Because I can't do, I can't do any of that. I don't do the choreography. I think I've done exactly like, I haven't even done any actual dances on TikTok. Oh, I did the um, wo-na-na-na dance because it was literally three steps. Um, So it was like, just do the shortest dances possible, like six seconds or less. And those are usually pretty easy. Or um, you just don't dance and you just use the trending sound from the dance and um, you use that to make sure your video gets seen by more people. I'm going to leave the TikToking to you guys. You're really good at it. <laughs> you like ladies have it down. I can understand why you'd be apprehensive. But the thing isn't about TikTok. What I like about it, it's not about dancing. It's about being your authentic self. Facts. And sharing stories. Okay. That's totally on brand for me. So I can get behind that. Yeah. yeah. I'll give it another try. Uh, here, here's my promise. I will give it another try and I won't do a dance. Definitely, yeah, don't definitely give dances. it a dance. Those are, don't, the dances are never my favorite videos. My favorite videos are like the meme videos. Oh, yeah. Where people are like making fun of something. Like the Sarah Paulson one that was like, <laughs> whoa, help me, help me. The killer has escaped. He's escaping. <laughs> He's escaping. <laughs> and people do different renditions of it. That was hilarious. Like, it was entertaining. And we found that, like, our audience really responds well to humor and entertainment in that way. So, like, that's the type of content we like to post. Like, we might get a mob engagement on a dancing post, but it doesn't be, like, something that's, like, hilarious. Yeah. Like, a funny post will... The funny post is how you can crack the Instagram algorithm. So, if people are entertained... Instagram will show it at least to some people. Maybe not as many as they used to, but someone will see it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> someone other than me and Uchana. I think that's what's also so great about TikTok. It's like, I think we forgot that, like, well, not we, but I think a lot of these social media um, platforms forget that, like, social media is supposed to be social and people are looking to connect. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people are posting things on TikTok because they want to share whatever it is that they're posting and it just gives you this greater capacity to get like a broad reach and even go viral in a way that you never could on um instagram and even youtube on some regards because it's like you know people are youtubers but like not every single person that you meet is actively posting videos on youtube so it's really great and i think it's like nice to have this like shared experience with like people that I don't know because for a while, I'm not going to lie during this pandemic, I've really missed engaging and interacting with our customers in person. And like, you know, without a doubt, social media is like the next best thing. No, that's so true. That's so true. Thank you for sharing that with me. That was, um, that was awesome. And a pro tip, if you're a smaller account and you want to like do a talking video, you can still use a trending sound in the background. Just bring the volume down to zero and you can still talk your talk. Oh, you will be likely to see it that way. But you should also do post original sounds. I had my, actually this week, I had my first original sound that got over 10,000 views and I was really excited about it. 10,000? Yeah, it was my first time. And it was like, oh, so it was like, there was no, there was no gimmicks. Got it. Okay, I was telling a very funny story because I was talking about how USPS cost our business $14,000 by losing a bunch of packages. Um, so oh 
it was horrible because like because we had no proof that they had accepted it because we didn't, we didn't have manifest at the time they were just like oh it's just gone and so we had to um, replace all that product play for shipping all over again because we're not going to have our customers be out of it and it was like it happened right when we had just recently gone viral so it was just oh it was a perfect painful storm and i was like i don't want anyone else to go through this and so chenny was like got to sleuthing and she was able to find um shipping protection for us shipping insurance which helped us and then shopify added a new feature called shipping and manifest that allowed us to um print our manifest and have the shipping carrier scan it right when they pick it up because we would give so many packages to usps that they wouldn't scan it when they picked up because it's like a couple hundred so they're like no too many um, but if you have the manifest they can just scan that document like maybe like we end up with like four manifests if we like shipped over, we packaged over a couple different um, sessions and then um it's proven that it's in their hands now so our insurance is valid and it's their responsibility and um, no one can come cry to me about it. <laughs> and, um, and we're not out money. Well, they can. You could just do an insurance claim at that point. Yeah, they, I, I tell them to go cry to route and do an insurance claim. <laughs> but yeah, that recently went viral because it was a funny story and a relatable story about shipping. I love that story. I love that you are sharing. Like people, people normally wouldn't talk about those kind of, those kind of things. Like, you know, as business owners being able to share those stories and totally unfiltered in your own narrative is so authentic. And so that's what I'm trying to do here with this podcast. And that's why we're talking, honestly, mm -hmm. is because when you go online and you search for like, you know, how do I start an e-commerce business or, or anything related to e-commerce really, what do you find? You find videos that are like how to make a million dollars selling on Amazon or drop shipping, how to get rich in a, in a week. And there's no real you know, voice of true resource. And so it's up to us, me and, and you to be those advocates and to break those algorithms to, to stop letting those, those videos and those um, creators go viral. Like this is the kind of content that people want to hear. They want to hear about you, unfortunately, losing that money, but like how you fixed it and what you did to overcome that and how you didn't let it keep you down. Like so important. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. And I think TikTok has is the reason why I'm more comfortable sharing stories like that, too. Right. Because I think when we started on Instagram, so we started Instagram back in 2015. And I think back then, like mostly just shared your products and you maybe share like an event. But I didn't really see as many people like really sharing like their full journey. And I think um, for me, because we had always started out, we started out very small. Like we just started in, in the basement of our parents' house. Um, I was just like, I kind of was like, oh, I don't really want to share this yet. Like, let me wait till we have something nicer to show people and stuff like that. And what I like about TikTok is that it's really made me feel comfortable with like the the ugly side and the pretty side of e-commerce. So you tell people about the wins, like when you go viral, when you send out hundreds of orders, um, when mm -hmm. like when people are excited about your product, but also you can share like, Hey, like this, this really shitty thing happened to me. And this is what I did to change it. Cause I think that's like what changes like a, that's the difference between an entrepreneur and someone who just wants to be an entrepreneur. You like, you either get knocked down by the troubles or you keep getting back up. But there's like a space for everything. Like you don't have to feel compelled to share certain things with certain audiences. I think like you just mentioned like giving people business advice. I think that makes sense. I think if don't don't share negative stuff while you're going through it because really no. you don't want to mess up the customer's journey mm -hmm. um, and experience mm -hmm. with you. I'd recommend share if you are going to share share after the fact, but 
they don't need to be concerned with that. But in terms of general business advice, I think it's much better and less of a waste of people's time if you can cut off all the fluff and talk about imposter syndrome and give people actual mm-hmm. like tactical systems and playbooks that they can apply to their own business um, and be successful. How do you evolve your product offering from fashion apparel into body care, jewelry, home decor? Like what? That's a big difference. You have to be crazy, right? (laughs) There has to be a little bit of crazy to jump into all that. You go through a pandemic. That's what happens. (laughs) (laughs) So basically right before the pandemic happened, we were very lucky because we did Afrochella in Oh my God, I love that. It was that. great because it's like a bunch of people, a bunch of African-Americans and Black people from Europe and like diasporic Africans, like all flooded Ghana. Like it was like, I heard like half a million people came. That was in Ghana, you said? Yeah, in Accra, Ghana. Yeah, to party. That's awesome. <laughs> and, you know, we had done some shopping, looked at some fabrics, made some connections there and got in touch with some people right before the pandemic hit and it was like really interesting because I remember reading about corona <laughs> um, while we were in Ghana and I was like talking to Choma because I was like tracking what who was saying and I was like Choma like this is this is what's going on and she's just like okay and I was like why is no one talking about this <laughs> like this is like a really big deal and <laughs> three months later in New York City everything shut down and you know subsequently you know all the countries are closing their borders which was necessary but then we didn't plan for borders to get shut yep and so we were just like okay we need to be creative so one of the things that Charlie and I like sat down we looked at the inventory that we did have and we looked at our marketing and we said you know what we actually have a well-oiled machine here. Why don't we try to do beauty on consignment? And then, so we reached out to, you know, one of our friends, and I was like, hey, can we sell some of your stuff on our website on consignment? She agrees. We do the delivery, X, Y, and Z. We sell out, and we try to get more, but she was really struggling to get her ingredients because of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. luckily for us someone else reached out to us and said hey I see that the bath bomb section of your website is like empty I sell this stuff and I'm looking to I'm going to wholesale would you uh, mind selling our stuff I was like well we have to try everything that we sell of course so I'm thinking she's going to send us this like cute little bath bomb to try she sends us this her whole entire product line. <laughs> yeah. Like one of everything? Like bath bombs, butters, uh, butter, scrubs, all different sorts of things. So you were having a good day that day. That yes. was a good day. Yes. <laughs> it was like a self-care day. Yes. But, I, you know, our brand, it caters to women. It centers women. Um, there aren't too many spaces that do that in society. And I, I really would like my brand to be that space. Yeah. So I realized her line was like, more unisex and the, f- the fragrances were like feminine so I worked with her to develop like scents and products that make sense for like our audience 
And now we have our own beauty line. That's incredible. <laughs> yeah. That's really incredible. So that's the the beauty line, you know, made by women for women. Incredible. Mm-hmm. But what about um, the jewelry and the home decor? Was it kind of the same? Okay, so with jewelry, this is actually what happens. Like, we first started on our brand doing different markets in New York City. And we found that it was advantageous to have products with a wide price range. So, you know, we had our standard product at the time, which were was 20 to $25. But we knew it would be helpful to have something that was even less than so that's what got us into jewelry. So it's an entry product for people who are still on the fence, but it's also an upsell for people who um, want to buy like a whole um, accessories like kit um, for an outfit. Do you know that there are people sitting in a desk right now at some of the world's largest retailers and they still haven't figured out what you just told me right there <laughs> that... Jewelry is a great entry-level product. It's complementary to the other areas, and it's a great impulse buy. Like, bravo. I'm going to applaud you on that because mm-hmm. it's – um. You figured that out on your own. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's been really great for us, actually. And this year, we actually branched out. No, it wasn't this year. It was last year. We branched out. It all blends together. custom earrings that stated Black Lives Matter. Oh, I love that. Were they like... That was actually one of our first viral TikTok videos. Yeah. And we sold out of them again and again and again. They were gold-plated Black Lives Matter earrings. I was going to ask you about that. So did you make those because of the movement and you wanted to, you know, be a part of it? Or was, like, were people asking for jewelry? that stated that because like that was a movement i will not discredit that at all and there were everyone was maximizing on that whether it was t-shirts hats what came first were people asking or did you just come to market with it you said you know what this is this is who we are this is my brand and these are the earrings that i want to put out i was compelled to do that before the movement that happened last year only because it was in our stream of conscious at the time. There were a number of cases before that that I was also still unhappy with. Mm-hmm. And also just like feeling like a lack of agency yeah. in some regards. So even like the coming back from Shopify. And I'm not saying that Shopify did this, but it was because of our points. But we were first, we were sitting in first class and as a person of color, I had to contest for like my space in the first class because I was black. And it was ridiculous because I was just like, I shouldn't have to like prove this to you or justify this to you. But it's like, you know, people still disrespect other people on the basis of skin tone, which I think is unfortunate. And so because of that, like, you know, I think clothing and jewelry are like a great way to express yourself. Absolutely. And carry a message with you um, and share it amongst others. And it's also a great conversation starter. And it's also been a way for people to show support for a movement that they feel is very, very important. Thank you for sharing that. And I'm so sorry to hear that experience. 
it's such a small thing probably to most people, even people that were that were present to see that happening, they most likely would shrug that off. But to hear you talk about it, clearly it's not the first time something like that has happened to you. And unfortunately, it probably won't be the last. And so I think it's good to talk about it like you just did. Yeah. Because it's real. It happens. It, it happens. So and I'm great that I have like people with a variety of backgrounds who are supportive and really, really want to see a day in, in this country where we have true equality and equity, you know, for people um, from all walks of life. And that's been something that's been a strong part of the CC's Closet mission. That's why we started off with, like, a strong um, Made in Africa um, value when we first started. We've since expanded. Um, some things are made in Ghana now. And now some things are made in, in New York City because of the pandemic and because it's also realizing the need and the support of our local community here who gives us so much. So, yeah. I love that. Black people are in New York too, and they can make amazing things. It doesn't have to be exclusive to to Africa. So yeah. I think that's great that you've kind of expanded that and, and are supporting your local community. Yes. Yeah, I, I love that. And even Florida. <laughs> yeah. Even Florida, yeah. So it's great to have that reach and to sort of touch the diaspora because some of our beauty products are made with almond oil from Jamaica. I love it. Which is really That's cool. amazing. What the historical aspect of this is not cool. But, you know, because of history and things that transpired, there's a similar heritage that's shared between Nigerians and some Jamaicans. So it's a really cool connection. Yeah. Yeah. That's super amazing. So you're kind of hinting at this, but I'm going to let you talk about it. What's the future of Cece's Closet? Oh, what are you planning on doing? Yes, this is so great to um, to discuss. <laughs> so before the pandemic, Cho and I, we had imagined like us just doing like a tour of Africa to find more manufacturing partners across the continent to help us expand our product offering, but also continue to provide help where there is need. Mm-hmm. There's just a lot of talent in Africa that gets overlooked because of certain issues with like policy and infrastructure. In addition to that, we want to, we're going to push further into home decor. And um, we are working very, very ardently on our own um, prints, our own copyrighted prints. Oh, that's exciting. (laughs) That's so exciting. That's going to appear on products that you haven't seen before. It's very Very, interesting. I love that. That's so cool. And it's kind of, um, I mean, obviously, this is a podcast, and so I'm not seeing anything. But um, the trends right now really crazy in terms of fashion i feel like the 90s are back and those bold prints are back and so like a fusion of the bold heavy prints and the beautiful colors mixed with like the african influence like your timing couldn't be more perfect i mean it's so dope like it's so 
it's super exciting. Like, it's like one of those things where you just can't wait to share it with the world. Chum's already given sneak peeks. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't contain yourself. <laughs> I too much time on TikTok. <laughs> you know what the thing is, is that she tried on the sample and she looked so good. Like, how could you not share it? it? Yeah. <laughs> when you look that good, the world deserves to see it. Yeah. And when people were excited, they were like, I want that. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And she was like, I'm going to make sure you get it. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to have to up um, what you were going to manufacture for that, probably. Seeing that it's being so widely received, you're going to have to uh, maybe add a zero at the end of the order. <laughs> I mean, we already added a zero compared to what we normally do. So okay. we're, yeah. we're like, we're excited, nervous. I'm super, super excited. I'm like working on all the videos I'm about to make about it. <laughs> so. so cool. I can't wait to see it. This is like the coolest turn I think we've made. And it's like, it's so unexpected. But I like to do that because I personally feel like, you know, in my opinion, like the made people who work with African prints, like that space, it, it just gets so competitive in the sense that like, you know, it, 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 I want to make sure that people truly believe that they can distinguish one brand from the other. Mm-hmm. So this is definitely something that no one else is doing and will further distinguish us yeah we'll further distinguish us because they're gonna know it's you when they see this oh they're gonna know they're gonna know and then the thing is like you know once you once you dabble then you start to think of more ideas and so oh, it's yeah. just like i can't say too much but brand collaborations are gonna be a big part of 2022 very, very cool. I'm so excited for you guys. I think the biggest thing from this conversation that I've I've gotten out of it at least is the passion that you both have for this brand and that it's truly like you're not working. This isn't work, it sounds like. It sounds like this is an extension of your lives and your beliefs and your value system. I think that's the coolest part of having this conversation is is getting to know you both and mm-hmm. and to learn what you stand for. It's very clear that that's that's what this brand is. And so if that's what you've set out to achieve, bravo because I think you've achieved it. Thank you. That means a lot to me because sometimes I'm like there's so much more I could be doing. <laughs> but it truly is a labor of love like CC's is my baby. I can't believe she's about to be six. That's crazy. They grow so fast. They do. (laughs) (laughs) So quickly. And I think what's so great is the amount of like opportunities that come forward when you're in a business like this. And I can't wait to see um, how, how far CT's continues to take us. I'm super excited and super happy about everything that's going on right now. They are fun. If you need some fabulous gear, apparel, beauty products, and more, check out ccscloseetnyc.com. That's C-E-E-C-E-E-S closetnyc.com. 
And with that, we close out another episode. Maria, let's zoom again for another one very soon. Objects is a Ship Hero product produced by Matt Schmiel. Theme music by Yeti Music. If you have an object you want us to profile, send a note to me, your host, John Joaquin, to pitch at shiphero.com. I promise to read every pitch that comes in. We're always on the lookout for a new object to cover. To get more info and episode details and more links to the stuff that we talk about, visit shiphero.com slash objects. Until next episode, take care, be safe, and stay curious.